It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The final quarter of the Orlando Magic season, pretty much after the All-Star break, didn't have a lot of meaning to it. Let's, let's just be real. Except for one thing, except for one player, except for one man. And Markel Fultz is our fourth quarter MVP for that reason. We'll chat about it, plus the first day of the play-in tournament and our first tankathon lottery spin of the day on today's Locked On Magic. Our Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is April 13th, 2022. My name is Phil Prosser. I am the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can of course follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we name our fourth quarter MVP. Just the period after the All-Star break, essentially. We'll name who the best player, most important player of that uh, t- time of the season was, that frankly, sometimes forgettable time of the season, um, and why it actually gave this team some meaning. We'll also chat a little bit about the first night of the play-in tournament, our takeaways from that. We'll do that throughout the playoffs. And today we'll mark, it's day two, but today we'll mark our first daily spin on Tankathon. I'll actually go through the first two days. I'll be doing that every single day at Magic Daily. We'll make it a thread. We'll keep track of how many times the Magic land with the top pick uh, and share our results later on. I, d- I did that a few years ago. We're going to do it again. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Even in the offseason, we'll be going hard with Orlando Magic thoughts and analysis as we get closer and closer to the draft and even deep, 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 deep into the offseason as well. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast. If you want to follow along with the playoffs, there's a podcast for every single NBA team. Check it out wherever you download podcasts. Search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Inevitably, when you have a season like the Magic had, 22-60, and 60, second worst record in the league, 15th in the Eastern Conference, the end of the season loses a lot of its meaning. Um, just, just plain and simple, the end of the season just doesn't matter. Um, you could probably tell uh, as the season came to close how I was feeling. Um, I personally didn't like what the Magic were doing. I understand it. I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I, I don't like it. It goes against a lot of things in my nature uh, and, a lot, and, and a lot of the way that I think through and process these games. Um, I'm a game person. I love games. I think they matter. I think they always have significance. Um, and, and and it's not that the Magic won or lost. I didn't care about that. What, what bugged me was how it were just opportunities thrown away. You got 82 of these things to help these guys get better. Um, and I, th- I felt there were a lot of growing opportunities that this team missed out on, even if it would have cost them. Yeah, even if it would have cost them a spot in the lottery, it ended up it would not have um, to win one more game. But um, Or maybe it would have, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, 
to me, the focus should always have been on the current roster. Don't worry about the stuff beyond the current roster. Worry about your current roster. There was, though, one thing that was significant that happened at the end of the year. Um, one thing that was just abundantly clear was was just vitally important to what the Magic were trying to accomplish and what the Magic were trying to build. And, and for that reason, as good as Wendell Carter played toward the end of the season, and, and he sat out a good chunk of the, that last quarter of the season, um, we have only one choice for our MVP for the fourth quarter of the season, those final 21 games. That choice is undoubtedly Markel Fultz. From the moment Markel Fultz stepped back onto the court after 13 months rehabbing a torn ACL, everything changed. Everything changed for the Magic. Every, the whole outlook for the team changed in, in, in a pretty significant way. But Fultz would tell you he was just happy to be playing. He didn't care how many points he scored. He didn't care how many assists he had. He just wanted to be on the floor. And, and, and by all accounts, the Magic's approach was just get this guy out on the floor. Just get this guy playing. Just get this guy comfortable. We'll worry about fitting him into the larger roster next year. Give him an offseason to continue rehabbing, to continue getting better. Uh, come back to training camp, and then we'll figure out what we really have. Everything the Magic got from Markel Fultz this year was meant to be gravy. It's not. It wasn't everything. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't like super-duper meaningful or, or super-duper important. It was all gravy. It was extra because the Magic ultimately accomplished the goal they were trying to accomplish this year. They laid a foundation for how they ultimately want to play. Um, they showed hints of who they want to be. And yeah, they picked up enough losses to put themselves in a really good spot for the lottery coming up. But Marco Fultz did something different with that time. And so, like I said, the end of the season, it's not about wins and losses. It's about making the most of those opportunities left, finding ways to get better and grow and develop. And for the most part, for a large part, Markel Fultz was just bursting at the seams. The Magic put a minute restriction on him, and you could feel it. You could feel that there was more, that Fultz was, was itching to do more. And, and if anything, the Magic were being overly, I mean, the Magic are always overly cautious with injuries, but the Magic were clearly kind of trying to rein him back a little bit and just try not to get him to go too fast. And again, to Fultz's credit, he always said he was just happy to be playing again. He just wanted to be out there playing with his guys. That's that's all the magic needed. Because Marco Fultz not only came back, but he was just absolutely great. Doug, the, the, the numbers and the stats aren't gonna tell you the picture here uh, about his final about his the 18 games that he played in the final 21 that the magic played. He averaged 10.8 points per game, four, five and a half assists per game, and, and what amounted to 20 minutes per game. He ended up playing, he ended up playing most of the last quarter of the season. Um, in a in about an 18 minute minute restriction that got bumped up over 20 in the last week, and of course then he was really unleashed. He shot 47.4 percent from floor and ball. He wasn't taking a ton of threes. He was shooting those confidently too. He was able to get to what he would what he often termed his kill spots, getting uh, in that mid range, that base, that free throw line extended baseline area, just getting to his spots, and and, and that was really. 
the more important and interesting thing that came from the way Fultz played. He was always in control. It, it, it's, it's hard to remember that this guy has played only one full season in the NBA because he plays with the poise and control of a veteran. Yes, the, the ball might get loose a few times. He might turn the ball over a little bit trying to make some difficult passes. But a lot of that was just his teammates learning that he's going to get you the ball where you need it. If the Magic are, 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 were, were wondering what was permanent this year, you know, maybe we're not quite ready to put Markel Fultz down as the point guard in, in pen. But that pencil's got to need a lot of effort to erase. And that is just the incredible part. Because Fultz is coming off a major knee injury. And yeah, the Magic probably held him out and kept had him take his time both to prevent him from causing too many wins because it's clear he could do that. Um, but also to make sure that he was good to go, that he could play with very few restrictions or, or certainly no setbacks, that when he was back, he was back for good. And the Magic had the time and patience to do that this season. They didn't need him on the floor because obviously they weren't competing for a play-in spot or a playoff spot or whatever. So the fact that Fultz just hit the ground running, and not even hit the ground running, hit the ground sprinting from that very first game, that very first quarter of that very first game against the Indiana Pacers, just showed how special this kid is. Magic fans don't need anyone to convince them of this. Magic fans know how good Marco Fultz can be and how exciting he is for this team's development and this team's growth. When the Magic had Markel Fultz on the floor, they played at a pace of 103 possessions for 48 minutes. That is three possessions per 48 minutes faster than their average in the fourth quarter of the season. This is a Magic team that was already one of the fastest teams in the league in terms of pace, You know, played at the, high, at the highest possession rate. Fultz shot them to the stratosphere. But it was always under control. It was always with some measure. Now, what is real about the last quarter of the season? That is that is ultimately the biggest question um, facing this team because who knows what's really real uh, when there aren't stakes to these games. You know, we would joke that, you know, the Magic won their minutes against the Thunder and that loss, the Magic starters won their minutes against the Thunder before the team just kind of packed it in. The Magic had that two-point lead over Cleveland before they just packed it in. It's hard sometimes to know what is real. And certainly the numbers present a, a muddier picture than perhaps the, the eye test would present. Um, Carter, you know, Markel Fultz played very limited minutes with starters. Uh, I think he played a little bit over 100 minutes with Wendell Carter um, to, to a lot of success, but played very few minutes with Franz Wagner, very few minutes with Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony or any of the other main starters on the roster. And so when Fultz ultimately probably takes his place as the starting point guard next year, we won't know whether this is all going to carry over or more importantly, whether all those good plays, all those good vibes, all the stuff that we thought we saw with our, with our eyes um, in the course of this season whether that's going to translate ultimately to wins. And, and that still remains the big question because even uh, in the 2020 season, the Magic were worse than they were in 2019 for a variety of reasons, mostly injuries, and, and Fultz was very good in that season, but everyone still has to prove that they can win. But in the context of what the Magic were trying to accomplish in the fourth quarter of the season, in the context 
of this final stretch run, Markel Fultz shined the brightest. Markel Fultz gave fans a belief in what will come and what is to come. And Markel Fultz shined brighter than pretty much everyone else on the Magic roster on a consistent basis. Giving the team a, a huge energy boost at a time when everyone's kind of looking to the summer. And we're all eager to see what Markel Fultz is able to do now with a healthy summer, hopefully a healthy summer, his first healthy full offseason of his career, and see what kind of leaps he can take to help this team grow. We're going to talk a little bit about last night's play in tournament games, uh, especially the game against uh, between the Minnesota Timberwolves and LA Clippers. I have some thoughts on that. Plus, we'll do our first tankathon spin of the day here on Locked On Magic. We'll review, uh, uh, review, that, review uh, our results here and just get a taste of what the lottery is going to be like. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. It is almost summer, so definitely take advantage. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by more than 150,000 verified five-star reviews. That's code LOCKEDON at ShadyRays.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Um, obviously, definitely check out Locked On Now. Check out Locked On NBA for full coverage of the NBA playoffs and, and, and right now the NBA play-in tournament. Um, they will give you the insider perspective on what is going on in each series. Obviously, the Magic are sitting this one out. Now that the final script logo is back, we can end our boycott of the NBA Finals. We will be back there shortly. Now that that now that that issue has been resolved, um, it's uh, it, obviously we're sitting out. We're watching it as outside observers, and and, and throughout the course of the playoffs, um, I do plan on continuing the series that we did last year on Orlando Magic Daily, where we just kind of review the lessons that we learned from each team as they're eliminated from the playoffs, and just kind of review, uh, especially in terms of of team building, what it takes to get to the get to these playoff levels. So obviously we're still at this very, very early stage 
of the Magic's rebuild. Everything is a possibility. And so we want to glean the lessons of teams that are even moderately successful when it comes to reaching the playoffs. And obviously we know some stuff from, from our experience following the team as well. But I do want to I do want to draw this point out a little bit. Um, the, the talk on the internet last night um, was very much about how the Minnesota Timberwolves celebrated their win over the LA Clippers. Now, first, let's get the game facts out of the way. I picked the Clippers to win this game. I still had Minnesota winning the eight seed. I still I, I still think they would have made the playoffs proper. Um, but Minnesota was dead in the water. The Clippers were up 10. Carl Anthony Towns had fouled out. The, the Clippers had played him off the floor. They were dead in the water. And that team just got down and played dirty. They played, they grinded that game out. And it was really impressive to watch that young team grow. Anthony Edwards, I was a bit skeptical about him in the draft process. Again, I learned lessons with my mistakes in every draft. Focus on what guys can do, not what they can't do. Don't focus so much on the negatives. Anthony Edwards, that dude can score. Um, he's, he's really blossomed. He's in the right atmosphere, the right situation with two guys that can kind of share that scoring burn. I don't know if he would have been as successful if he'd been drafted to Orlando that didn't have that kind of ecosystem and structure. Um, but Edwards is Edwards blossomed toward the end of last season, his rookie year really came into his own this year, uh, in his second season in the NBA. And he took over that game offensively. Um, him and D'Angelo Russell just went off in that game. And it was really impressive to watch both of them. Uh, both of them shine like that. Both of them really kind of take the lead like that. Um, it was it was truly, truly, truly impressive. And and this was a young kid having his coming out party, to be perfectly honest. This was a young kid um, playing at this really, really high level, this really, 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 really um, strong level and, and making big plays uh, uh, on that end. Um, you can't talk about this game without talking about Pat Beverly. Patrick Beverly was just a pest defensively, and he does this forever, but he literally changed the game. Like there were plays that he just blew up by himself. And I, I don't think I know Pat Beverly's played at a high level defensively for much of his career. I don't know if I've seen Be- Beverly play um with that much fire and intensity in, in, in a game like that. Um and, and and his defense, especially in that fourth quarter, was incredible. Minnesota went on this big run. They took the lead. Paul George tried to inch the Clippers back, but Every single time Minnesota had answers, it was just a really impressive game from a young team. And they celebrated like they won something big. Um, and the TNT guys kind of crapped on them for that. Uh, a lot of the internet kind of crapped on them for that. And, you know, I, I, I will, I will be full disclosure. I worked for the wolves for a summer. I covered the links for a summer. Um, and back in, it was back in 09. I've seen that fan that, that I know that fan base in Minnesota is is really really strong um I, I know that fan base wants to cheer for a winner and they've been through a lot of dark dark times um to have and, and this is why I'm such a huge fan of the play-in tournament it gives teams that otherwise wouldn't win a chance to win something um it gives them the experience of winning pressure games I can guarantee you Anthony Edwards does not have this kind of coming out if they just go straight to that series with Memphis. Um, He has this coming out because he was put in a pressure game and had to deliver for his team. And now Minnesota knows a lot more about their young forward than they would have known otherwise. Um, I would have loved for Nikola Vucevic or Aaron Gordon to get this kind of experience, this kind of success um, before they played 
the 2020 playoffs or the 2019 playoffs. Um, obviously, 2020 wouldn't have worked out because Aaron was hurt. But um, I, I would have loved, you know, I, you know that that team had some defiance and they had to rally to make the playoffs. So maybe they they got all that they got that experience anyway. But I, I think that the play-in tournament is is proving to be a ridiculously entertaining, and B is going to prove to be very very good for future stars in the NBA because typically your young promising teams start out as six, seven, eight seeds before they become dominant forces in the league. I mean, look at the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were lost in the play-in tournament in the bubble in 2020. They won. They they upset Golden State um, to, to sneak into the playoffs last year. That experience, that success in pressure games, I, I believe it's 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 so critical to young players to, to experience that success. And I think you're going to see young teams kind of supercharge themselves forward now rather than rather than uh, rather than kind of maybe take a, an extra year to kind of figure out how to win in the playoffs and win these pressure games. But a lot of people criticize Minnesota and Minnesota fans for celebrating that win so much. And I, I mean, I could tell you that A, it was warranted. The Wolves have two playoff appearances in 18 seasons. This is their second playoff appearance in 18 seasons. There has not been a lot to cheer for in Minnesota. There has not been a lot of good things that have happened to that franchise. That franchise has had a lot of mismanagement and bad luck in a lot of ways. Um, they they thought they had something, and then personalities kind of blew that blew it up in their face. They 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 have struggled to find their find their find their gear. And to their credit, a they they had a lot of talent. Carl Anthony Towns helps with a lot of things. Um, you know, having Andrew Wiggins, having number one pick, they won the number one pick a couple of times. That put them in a good place to kind of sprout this growth a little bit. But they finally hired a, the right coach. Um, Flip Saunders was certainly the right coach too. But uh, you know, unfortunately, what unfortunately he passed away. Um, they hired the right coach. They all bought in. They got the right number one guy. Um, they've had three number one picks here. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Anthony Bennett. Um, and they were able to push themselves forward uh, and, and play this incredible game. This was this was a culmination of 20 years of frustration for Minnesota. And, and I'm not going to fault those those fans for, for for cheering the way they did. I mean, I've been in freaking discussions with Joe. I've been in freaking joking discussions with people after the magic put that LeBron tweet out uh, at, uh, on Monday, you know, someone, you know, I think stat news posted that the magic that LeBron has more playoff wins than the magic. And I said, well, four of those 59 magic playoff wins were against LeBron. And people are still a little salty about that. Uh, apparently or LeBron fans are a little salty that, 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 that we would puff our chests about that. We still play the gifs of DJ Augustine hitting the game winning shot against the Toronto Raptors and saying, Hey, we beat, we took a game from the def- from the champions, and, and frankly, I still think the Magic gave Toronto a, a really hard, a really good series. Even though the Magic just did not have the firepower to stay with them uh, in, in that ser- in that five game in that five game gentleman sweep. But, um, but when you're down as much as Minnesota's been down, when you've been when you're down as much as Orlando's down, we we understand this. You celebrate those moments, and I can guarantee that. You know, if the Magic are in the play-in tournament, as R.J. Hampton said last night after the game, he's going to be Pat Bev standing on the scores table when we make the playoffs next year. With this group, with how young this group is, if they're able to sneak into the play-in tournament next year or be in the playoffs next year, it's going to be a celebration like that because we know that this is just the start, that this is just the beginning, and this is something you want to get behind. Those fans in Minnesota know that too. And they released a lot of frustration and tension and, and, and energy to get that team into the playoffs. The target center was rocking, and it was fantastic to see, fantastic to see that franchise kind of take that next step. 
the, the important lesson from last night's game and, and no one should, should, you know, no, no one should be criticizing Minnesota for this is celebrate your moments. Minnesota is not winning the title. This, this can't be title or bust. I, I'm happy that the league is giving out division championship trophies. Now celebrate your moments, you know, celebrate successes. You don't have to win the ultimate prize to have a successful season for a lot of people. The Magic had a successful season for even with the record that they had. There's more than one winner in every NBA season. There's one champion, but there's more than one winner. And Minnesota showed last night that they are winners. They have won their season. They have had an incredible season. They're hungry for more. Don't don't take that celebration as a sign that they're not hungry for more, that they don't want to go into Memphis and steal a game and make that a series. And that's going to be a fun series between two young teams. Memphis is going to have their work cut out for them. But don't blame them for enjoying the moment, for living in that moment and playing on. We're going to talk, we're going to do a, a quick tankathon spin, talk a little bit about the NBA draft, uh, as we'll do every day at the end of the show coming up, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Athletic Greens. Um, you know, I, I, the Athletic Greens sent uh, sent all of us locked on hosts uh, a sample pack, and you know, I I am not big on the supplement game. You, you've heard you've heard by other reads about about that. I, I'm not big on all those things. The biggest issue is it's just habit. Getting into the habit of doing something every day, it's hard to establish those habits, and it's easy to forget. And and, and thus, it's easy to kind of forget about your body. It's easy to forget to take care of yourself, to take care of what's going on in here. If you're watching on YouTube, you see me pointing at my chest. That's why Athletic Greens makes it easy. It's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste, and you actually look forward to taking it every single morning, and it's something that you do before breakfast, before you eat anything else. You take care of yourself first, and then you and then you move on with your day. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things you want to work on. AG1, uh, usually I, I, I literally have stuck all my AG1 um, products right by where I where I get my breakfast. So literally I just go in, take, I, I, I'm taking the droplets right now. I take a couple droplets, put it away, and then I go on with my breakfast. It's really that simple. And, and really it's just about getting it into the routine. AG1 is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no tasty chemicals or artificial anything, and still tastes good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health 
and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Like I said, not so much into the supplement game, but I have gotten way into Built Bar. Usually by, you know, I work late, I work late, 2.30 to 11.30. So usually by about 4.30, I'm starting to drag a little bit. It's not just, uh, it's not only that I'm up at a normal time as normal people. Um, it's that I'm between way, way past lunch, but not quite ready for dinner. And obviously I got a big night ahead of me. And that's why I turned to Built Bar to give me the energy boost to get going and get me through my day. Because it's real easy to walk over to the vending machine and buy some candy. Built Bar is so much better for you to get you through your day. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All bars are covered in 1% real chocolate. They're low calorie and high protein. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They come in great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and I believe I saw this month they're doing a chocolate, uh, uh, either a chocolate brownie batter or something like that. And, you know, I know I've, I've had a lot of these Built Bar flavors. I had some flavors that I wouldn't think I would like. They taste exactly like what they say on the wrapper, and they taste pretty good. I know a lot of those protein bars that I've had in my, my life, they don't taste anything like what they say on the wrapper. They, like, taste like a hint of it. These things taste like the real deal. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're coming up on the end of the show here. Um, Since we're at the end of the season, since we're fully focused on the draft, I do want to take the time to do a daily Tankathon lottery spin. I'll post the results on Orlando, on the Orlando Magic Daily Twitter page at Omagic Daily. Um, we'll do it every day. Put out, put out who who you want to pick. We'll go through some of those some of those answers here. I got two days I want to go through today. Um, the first one is day two. Um, uh, we spun that we spun the lottery wheel. We got San Antonio first pick, Orlando second pick, Oklahoma City third pick, Houston with the fourth pick. Um, you know, I've had some people say, I, I don't want the first pick because you don't want to make the choice. You want whoever's left to you. And, and that's wrong. Um, you always want the choice. But this this presents an interesting scenario. Um, I think San Antonio, San Antonio has a lot of those. I mean, obviously, if you're picking first, you're picking the best play available. So who knows what that is? Uh, a lot of people seem to think that San Antonio would take Chet Holmgren. Um, we can ask our, our, our Locked On Spurs friends if that is the case, if that would be the case. Um, obviously San Antonio still got to play in the play in tournament. So we'll see if they actually do end up, end up in the lottery at all. But, um, they, they suggested that the, that they would take Chet Holmgren with that pick. Um, and that would leave Jabari, Jabari Smith to the Orlando magic. Got a lot of people, when I posted this result, say, take Jabari Smith. Um, assuming Chet goes one Jabari, uh, Paolo or Jabari for dear God, Jabari Smith, please. Um, right now, uh, you know, you can go look at my big board on orlandomagicdaily.com. I still have Jabari Smith number one. I think he's the most complete player. I think he can be a great defender. I think he can be a Rashard Lewis type offensive player. Um, it, you know, can he be a, a leading scorer? That's going to be, I think, the big question that he'll face. But this guy is a really, really good player. And, and I think if the Magic do end up in the second pick, they're going to get someone really good between Jabari Smith, to, between Jabari Smith, between Paolo Bancaro. They're going to have a really good player coming into the fold there. Um, that was our lottery spin for Tuesday. Our first lottery spin on Monday, though, was the really interesting one. Um, and, and I want to go into more detail on this. Our lottery spin on Monday, day one, Portland one, Atlanta two, San Antonio three, Detroit four, Houston five, Orlando six, kicking 
two team, the two teams with the worst record out of the lottery. This is a worst case scenario for the Magic, obviously. The worst case scenario for the Magic is both Houston and Orlando fall out of the lottery, leaving Orlando with the sixth pick in the draft. Um, everyone would say, excuse me, everyone would agree that yes, this is kind of a disaster. But I, I, I want to note some news that came down yesterday um, and, and, and something that did get fans excited. And that is the Shaden Sharp issue. Uh, if you don't know uh, who Shaden Sharp is, that's that's okay. Shaden Sharp uh, enrolled at Kentucky early. Um, he graduated a year early, went to Kentucky a year early, and Kentucky was prepared to play him. Uh, a lot of people considered him an easy top five pick. Probably could have been a top guy in this in this upcoming NBA draft, but Kentucky didn't want to risk any uh, NCAA violations or risk any NCAA sanction or some will he, won't he play thing. And so they essentially ruled him out at the start of the season. They was like, we're not going to deal with it. We're not going to deal with the questions of whether he's playing or not. He's not playing this year. We're going to, we're going to stand by that. We're going to, we're not going to skirt NCAA rules there or, or whatever. And, it, and the reasons why he wasn't able to play are kind of fuzzy to me. It's it's not particular. It's not hundred percent clear. It's not even clear that the, that the NCAA would ruled him ineligible anyway. That Shane Sharp hasn't played for a year, and, and that's why ultimately he's kind of fallen into this six, seven, eight range. Um, according to a report from 24-7 Sports, um, Sharp is going to declare for the NBA draft, but he is not going to hire an agent. He's going to maintain his eligibility in the NCAA and will potentially return to Kentucky. I know Sam Vecini of The Athletic for the longest time uh, kept Shane Sharp on his big board but did not include him in mock drafts because he did not think he was going to stay. I think that opinion has changed. Sharp is a, I think he's a 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", guard. Great wing scorer, but obviously we haven't seen him play for a year, and that's that's going to be the big mystery for him. A lot of people seem very, very comfortable taking him, though, A lot, especially if the Magic land at 6. Um, if the top four is a pretty consensus of Chet, of Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bancaro, Jay Nivey, um, you have Keegan, the next group is Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, and probably Ben Matherin, um, I, I would say. Um, probably in that next group with the potential maybe that Nikola Jovic, who also um, declared for the NBA draft, that's Jovic, not Jokic. Um, he also declared for the NBA draft. He might sneak into that second group because he's a very, very gifted scorer, even if he uh, does not have a great defensive reputation. This is all to say that, yes, that there is still a one in five chance to magic land at six in this upcoming NBA draft. That is still a very, very real possibility. But there are options. There are good options. If Shane Sharp's available at six, that is a good risk to take. Um, that is a guy that that you can you that you can invest in, that you can grow, that you can build, that you can develop with. Um, and that could be a guy that could be a leading scorer for a team. Um, again, it's just the mystery of he hasn't played for a year. We haven't seen him play at the college level. And that that leaves a lot of questions, and that's gonna depress his stock a little bit. Um, whether he actually stays in the NBA draft is still, I think, something of a mystery. Um, and so there's just a lot of questions about him, but the Magic are certainly, uh, again, I don't think the Magic should be upset about their position. Even if they land at the sixth pick, there, there are good players to take. There are good options to have. And, um, you know, there is a guy, there is at least a few guys that I think the fan base can get excited about. So that's our tank. That's our tankathon spin of the day. We'll do another one again tomorrow. Check out the early results. Send me your responses. Send me your responses. Who would you take with that draft pick? What do you think about, about the way that, that fall flows, fall, falls out? Um, I will, of course, uh, read them off like I did on this show um, when we get there. 
But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himmel, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, go make your second listen Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball, the play-in tournament, to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Frost and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.